Hey, 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 welcome to the Property Wealth and Business Podcast. On this episode, I interview Emmanuel Sukwa, a financial advisor as seen on BBC ITV News and Channel 4. Emmanuel Sukwa, he's been doing amazing things about helping individuals in their financial situations and financial planning. Make sure you take a lot of notes and I'm really looking forward to uh, getting feedbacks on this one. Share this with a friend of a friend. You know, if you find a lot of value in it and uh, yeah, take notes and just listen in. See you soon. Without further ado, welcome, my main man, Iman. How you doing, bro? <laughs> my brother, Daniel. What are you saying? I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, bro, man. You know, every time we connect, it's always an explosion. I just can't wait for us to deep dive into this conversation. You know, when you're having a conversation with someone that you already know, it just makes life a lot easier, isn't it? <laughs> well, definitely, definitely. Especially someone, not just that you know, that you respect. You know what I mean? I think one thing I always say about you is I respect you highly. I respect your work ethic. I respect what you've done in life. And um, I appreciate and, and value the fact that I can call you a brother. So, yeah, man, I'm happy to be here. I hope your community is going to enjoy this. and We're going to go, man. So they should have their notepad, pen ready, everything, because it's time to level up, man. Fantastic, fantastic. So thank you so much. Anyways, so let's get to it. So Iman, for those who don't really know who you are, for those yeah. who don't know the accolades that you have, you know, the massive credibility behind you, mm. how did this all get started? And how did you manage in the last 15 years to stay on top? That's a great question. So I guess for me, how did it all started in a council estate in East London, Tower Hamlets, I lived in a place called Limehouse. And, it, and that's where it started. It started not having much, but having love. My parents, yep. my parents loved me. I had family. We were, I got my two younger sisters. I'm the oldest child. You know what it's like. You're the oldest child in a Nigerian family. The pressure. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Everything is on your head. And plus, I'm the first in my family to be born in the UK. So the expectation was, you know, you've got to go. You've got to set the pace for your sister's coming. Bro. I'm telling you, I didn't set the pace at all. I had dreams of playing basketball or rugby or sports. And because I was really good at sports, I didn't take school serious. I didn't take my education serious. Like, I didn't have to. Like, I was that person I could miss lessons. Teachers would stay after school just to tell me what to do for the homework and stuff like that. Yeah. Because they liked my personality and so forth. I was the joker in the class. <laughs> always get kicked out of class. Always get kicked out of class. I never took education seriously. And the reason I always like to say that is that today I educate thousands. Today yeah. I'm the voice of education to millions of people around this country. But wow. it never started like that. And I want people to understand that where you start or where you're at is not a definition of who you are. Mm. You see, you can be in one place today and another place tomorrow. Yeah. And the problem with a lot of us is, is that we say, oh, I'm poor or I come from a poor background or I'm not book smart, I'm not that clever and use that as things to hold us down. Sometimes we add the weights to ourselves. The reason we're unable to move is because we're adding weights. We're adding excuses to ourselves. We're adding our own fears. We're adding our own issues that we've been through in life and that's keeping us stuck where we're at. And for me, it was a small thing. Sometimes in life, it's just a small thing that can trigger your brain into thinking something completely different. And 100%. And for me, it was, the, it was the kitchen light. And I always tell people about the kitchen light. My mom, we had one light bulb in the kitchen, just one. And if I left that light in the kitchen, my mom would shout my whole house down, <laughs> who left the light in the kitchen? Who's wasting money? 
you think money grows on trees. Did it? Shout. I'm talking, bro, you can get beat for leaving the light on in the kitchen. My mum will slap. One dirty slap. Bro, you know when she slap you, your whole head, your ears vibrating. Everything. African slap. Real slap. <laughs> African slap. <laughs> and I'm thinking for the light in the kitchen. Do you know what I mean? And then I will go to my bed. I told you I grew up in, in, in Limehouse. So Limehouse is right next to Canary Wharf. Yeah. We share the same postcode. So though yeah. I'm in a council estate, in one of the poorest boroughs in the country, we, we still got one of the richest places in the country in, within our borough. I shared, wow. the, I shared the same postcode. My house had the same postcode as Canary Wharf. Mm. And I used to look out my window and I'd see, I'd see the Canary Wharf building. 100 floors, 10 o'clock at night, all the lights are on. And these guys have gone on. Yeah. I said to myself, I can't even leave the light on in the kitchen without getting beat. And these guys can leave a hundred floors and go home. Yeah. There must be money there. That's where I need to be. Yeah. I've got to be there. Yeah. And, and from there, my window became my vision board. I looked out that window and I said, I've got to get over there. And to cut a long story short, by, by 22 I became the youngest financial advisor in Barclays in the country. Wow. Daniel, I had four GCSEs. I had a CBE at college. I had a first class, third class degree from university. And I still became the youngest financial advisor in, in Barclays in the country. Wow. And at that time, there was, over, there was, there was about a thousand advisors. And I was the youngest. I was, I was doing the same job. And the average age of a financial advisor at that time was 50. Wow. And I achieved something that most people do later on in life at the age of 22. 22. With all the excuses I could have in the world, not have great education, not have any support, but I still made it happen. No one can ever tell me, oh, it's not possible. Impossible is nothing. I don't believe in impossible. I'm living proof that it's possible. I do it every single day. I look at myself and I say, it's possible. Absolutely, it's possible. You know, we share the same similar story, you know, and I, and, I, and I always say this every single time. We all have what it takes to become great. We all have what it takes to transition from ordinary to extraordinary. It's all about the mindset. And if you see from what you said here, you used to look at a light on the 100 floors, turn on, middle of the night, and your vision was, for one reason, if this light never, ever, ever gets turned off and everyone in that building has gone home, I'm going to be in that building one day. I'm going to be successful regardless of what it takes. And you went on to becoming the first financial advisor at the age of 22 in the whole country. What was the actual mindset around you not just looking at that light? and say, because most people will be entertained by that. Most people go buy that building to take quality photographs, right? What was the mindset that actually never, ever allowed you to look down on yourself, even though you was in a council estate? And then you said, I'm going to go regardless. I'm going to be successful, even with a third-class degree certificate. I tell people all the time, we all have sight, but we don't all have vision. Wow. Me, I had vision. And I'm the type of person that I'll be sitting in a bus, my mind will just wander into where I'm going to be. All the things I'm going to achieve, I'll miss my stop. I'll have to get off the next stop and start walking back because I've, I've gone. 
I've gone. I never, ever allowed myself. The, the fact that my clothes didn't fit, I, I didn't have no, I didn't have a pair of designer trainers till I was 15. You know, like in school, they used to rip me all the time. <laughs> all the time. I was going Lidl's before it was cool. Before, not, not like now, there's, you got, you got Audis and, and Bentleys and, and Lidl's and Audi. No, I was going to these shops when it wasn't cool. When if you went to these shops, you were considered poor. Only poor people shopped at these places. And this is this is where I used to go and get teased. But I knew that this was only for a season. Absolutely. I knew that right now I'm going through a process. Me and my best friend at school, we had this word that we said, no matter what, this word, we're always going to remember it. And the word was endurance. Endurance. And we always used to tell, whenever things got hard, we say endurance. We understand that you see this race, it's about endurance. There will be people that will quickly get to become a millionaire and then lose it all. There will be people that will quickly get to some level of success and then lose it. But those that endure will hold it for a long time. And Absolutely. I understood that while I was young, there is a time where you are not in control. I had to go to school. Yeah. I had to go to school. I had to learn. I had to go to university because I've got African parents and I had no choice. But once I was able to make money, once I had my NI card and I was able to make money and I was able to get up and go and do it for myself, yeah. ever since then I've been doing it. I've wow. been taking control of my life. And so what I like to tell people is, is that, see, there's a time where you might have to go to work and you might yeah. have to get a job and you yeah. might have to get a couple of jobs. Yeah. But understand that that's part of the process. Absolutely. And have a plan for yourself. The problem is, is that we'll get two or three jobs with no plan and get stuck just working two or three jobs. But me, if I'm working those, it's tactical. There must be something I'm trying to learn in this role in order for me to take it. Or there must be something I'm saving for to invest in, which is why I'm doing this. Yeah. I have vision and I have purpose. Yeah. Once you have a vision and a purpose, the rest is history. You know what? Funny enough, you, I really loved how you summarized that. You see, have a vision, I have a purpose. Even the holiest of the holiest of the books ever written said, a place where people lack no vision, all right, people perish, all right? And a human, a creation of God, who doesn't actually have a purpose? If you don't have a purpose, there is no existence. You see, it's very important that we tune in into our innermost being sometimes to kind of realize and ask ourselves a question. Of what purpose am I created for? Of what is the vision that I need to materialize so I can be a blessing to many others. Because I always say this, we all have a calling, you know, whether you're called to serve spiritually, whether you're called to serve financially, whether you're called to build and so on. We all have a calling and we all have to understand the difference between, you know, what is the calling within the purpose so that we can actually go out there to do something and help many other people. And Looking at the background of you being raised in a very, you know, poor family, poor council flat, you've gone to be one of the most successful at 25, sorry, at 22, being one of the most successful financial advisors. And now you've gone on to, you know, having shows on BBC, shows on Channel 5. You know, I watched a few of your shows during the lockdown where you've gone into different family homes to kind of give free financial advices to help people to actually get out of debt, yeah. you know. And before we actually get into that, I think I'm going to ask you very this question before I actually get into that next question, to be honest. 
a young black boy in East London, somewhere in Limehouse, yeah. you know, where gangs was real. How did you deal with that? It's a good question. I think, uh, I think for me personally, luckily I had faith. I'll, I'll just be honest. I had faith. And my parents used to take us to church. And I had church friends. And I think sometimes, like, friends that I grew up in, in from Sunday school, so we'd known each other. Yeah. And so I didn't have the peer pressure of, oh, I have to do what my friends at school are doing because those, these are my only friends. I had my friends from church and we used to do stuff together. We used to yeah. go out together. We used to encourage one another. And so I never felt the pressure of having to be in a gang. Now, luckily for me also, or unlucky for me, my mom is very, very, very strict African parent. Yeah. You go give it up to the African parents. Speak up to the African parents. <laughs> so after school, when others could stay after school and mess about and do stuff, I had to go and pick up my sisters from school. Yeah. So because of that, I had responsibility from young, being the eldest child. So I had to go and pick my sisters up from school, bring them home. I had to make sure that I boil rice before my parents come home. Do you know what I mean? And so I had responsibility. On the weekend, I tell people, on the weekend, I used to have to iron. I used to have to iron my school uniform, my sister's school uniform, my mum's work clothes, my dad's shirts for work. And in the clothes, everybody was going to wear the church yeah. on Sunday. Every Saturday, that was what I had to do. My wow. sisters had to hoover the house. Yeah. By the time I've done all that, there's not even, I'm too tired. I'm not even going outside. So I always tell people, people like now, they talk about lockdown and you know, my whole childhood, I was locked down. The only time I would get out of that house is when I go to school and then I'll come home and then we go to church on Sunday. Yeah. And so because of that, a lot of the opportunities that people had to mess about or, or be in gangs, I didn't have that. Right. I didn't have that. Yeah. I, I was kept away from that. And people knew. Like my mum used to come to my school. My mum mom doesn't play these games. Like my mum will come <laughs> to the school. If I got into any sort of trouble, anything like that, my mum will come to the school. So everyone used, when people used to fight off the school, they'd be like, oh yeah, E-man, don't worry. You just go home because your mum's mad. Do you know what I mean? We don't, even, <laughs> we don't even want auntie to come here and start shouting and jumping yeah. up and down. Do you know what I mean? So you just go. Yeah. And, and luckily the friends that I had also didn't walk in that. The friends that I had wanted to try and achieve something, wanted to change the stigma, wanted to not fail. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. For us, it was like, it's cool to be smart. Whereas, you know, as a black boy at that time, if you're a black boy in school, it was not cool to be smart. Yeah. You had to be hard. You had to play sport and you had to be fast. That, that mm. was it. And funny. That's, that's your thing. Yeah. And so once you break down those stereotypes, it's, it's so important. I always tell people, who's around you? Who's around you? Because you see me, when I see quality, I don't let it go. Yeah. So from I saw, saw you online, I was like, one day I'm going to meet this guy. We're going to be friends. Absolutely. Same here. When I first came across you as well, the same thing I said, I said, one day, we're not just going to be friends. Me and this guy, my family and his family, we're going to come together. You know, we're going to be friends. It's going to be a family friend. And this is the thing, right? OQP, only quality people, right? Your network is your network. It's very, very important. The most four people you spend around your time with is what determines which way you're going to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, hey man, you know, Sharing and just kind of getting to kind of know you personally and, you know, you sharing, you know, your personality right now and you've been able to help a lot of people. Let's break this down. How you've been able to help thousands of people in their financial advisory. You know what? 
one of my students, you know, when we posted you on our Instagram a couple of days back and she actually didn't, that's my financial advisor. Oh, I love Iman. He's such a great financial advisor. It goes to show about building a good name. See, yeah. my father once said to me, he said, build a good name mm. that will outgrow you and your children's 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 children will benefit from it. Mm. It's a good name will build your legacy and legacy will feed generation, generation, generation to come. How important is it to you that you've helped so many people and just one single post on social media and the whole place went crazy. Eman, Eman, Eman. One of the best financial advice, 15 years in the industry. How have you been able to attain this so much credibility? You know what? I think the biggest thing for me is that I actually want to help people. And I always say, when I sit down with my clients and they're thinking, oh, I want to do a side hustle, I want to start a business. I always tell them, what need are you helping? Because mm. if you can help someone, Money will follow. If you can add value, money will follow. Wow. But a lot of the time, all we focus on is the money. Yeah. And so because we only focus on the money, it gets to a point where we don't even care how we're getting the money as long as we're getting the money. And yeah. I'm not like that. No. For me, it's about value. I help my clients and they pay me. And at the end, the way they thank me, you think that I gave it to them for free because I'm about adding value. I'm about adding so much value that when you finish a meeting, you think, wow, is that, is that all I paid? I got all of that just for this. When can I do this again? My client's always like, when can I do this again? Like, yeah. Oh, you don't need it. I'm just giving you the plan. Don't worry. Give me 12 months and then we can, we can do another check-in. But they want it again because the value and the way you make them feel. And it's so important to me in how I make my money as opposed to just making money. Yeah. And that's the difference. That's why people will speak highly of me because they know that I care about their situation. When I'm with my clients, they feel like they're my only client because all I care about is them, their situation, what they're trying to achieve and how I can help them achieve their goal. Fantastic. Wow. You see, it's Black History Month, isn't it? Everyone is saying Black History Month, Black History Month. Now let's break this down a little bit. Financial literacy within the Black community. What can we really do to actually change the narrative? Because I don't know if you saw, there was a sat the other time that was, that said how many black people have lost out in wealth creation in this current situation. You know, how can we start to impact people? How can we start to transform life? And how can we bring wealth, wealth knowledge to the people? I think the biggest thing for me when we talk about financial literacy I always talk about it becoming cultural, it becoming part of us. Yeah. And so I look at, I'm a big believer in this saying, success leaves clues. If you look at successful people and you study successful people, you will find ways to be successful. Mm. Because if someone's been successful, there's something that they've done, there's a way they've done it that you can take and create success for yourself. And one of the things I see when I look at the, the Asian community and the Jewish community is that they have a culture of financial literacy. Yes. Sometimes when I sit down with my white clients, they will come in and they'll say, oh, I just had a baby. I need to open an account, a savings account. Oh, I've just had a baby. I need to do life insurance. Oh, I want to do a pension for my, for my child as well so they can start a pension. Oh, I want to make sure I want to put money. I want this account to be for their private school. 
because in 18 years' time or in 10 years' time, they're going to go to private school. Yeah. That is financial literacy. That is financial education. But to them, it's culture because they know that their parents did the same for them. So they are only doing what was done for them to their children. Yeah. And that passes down generationally. Yeah. A lot of us, the only thing we are passing down is gele and <laughs> bags <laughs> and how to greet pasta. We, you see, let me tell you something. If the effort that we go to greet pasta, if we put that same effort into, into actually uh, in, in our business, in our work, sometimes we don't even greet our boss. The boss that pay you money, you don't even say good morning to them. But pastor, you go and lay down. Go and lay down on the floor for pastor. And sometimes I feel like, do we understand what we're doing? Mm-hmm. Who are we worshipping? Sometimes I go to, my friend say, come to my church. I come to the church. I said, are we worshipping God? Are we worshipping pastor? We need to worship God, not pastor. I'm here to worship God. Yeah. And pastor should only be a conduit to God. Not a conduit to his book or to donate to his, his trust fund. People are taking out loans to give to church, but you wouldn't take out, you wouldn't take out a loan to, to, to join your friends and go and buy a house. Joint venture partnership. But they wouldn't. They wouldn't take out a loan to say, let me take a loan out through all my people, and then when I make profit, I'll give my money to give that profit to the church, give that honor to God. You take out a loan and be in the same position but worse. And for me, it's about a mindset. It's about a culture. See, my children... They understand how a sucrose handle money. They understand how a sucrose build wealth. They yeah. understand how a sucrose behave. Because again, another thing that we don't put value in is behavior. Yeah. I feel that this generation are more focused on hustling and being an entrepreneur and, and being a millionaire than they are on being good people. I pride myself on the behavior of my children, on my children understanding what it is to be a good person. Yeah. That is valuable. Absolutely. You can never take that away from them. When I was in the workplace, do you know how many promotions, jobs, opportunities, connections, even now I get because people say, you know what, you're a nice guy. We like you. We like you. You don't just wake up and be a nice guy. You learn what it takes to be nice, what it takes to be caring. You develop the skills of how to work with people, how to be in an environment and make somebody else feel comfortable, how to think about yourself less and think more about the people around you. Mm. That's a skill. Big word. And those skills make you money. I'm telling you now, and there are people that say, Iman, any, what, when you do a venture, let me know. I want to invest. Why? Because I know you. You're a good person. I know you're not going to run away with my money. Yeah. I know you. If I give you my money, I know how hard you're going to work to make sure I get a return. True. And if I don't get a return, I know you tried your best. Yeah. And that's just, that's just business. Hmm. Are we cultivating these cultures with our children? Are we, are we looking at ourselves? Or is our only focus money and, and showing the world? Listen, I t- always tell people, be careful what you pray for. Some people, all they pray for is to go to Dubai. You'll go to Dubai and come back and then what? Some people, all they pray for is, if only I had red buttons. You, one day you'll buy red. If that's your goal, if that's your focus and your desire, I promise you, you will achieve it. But once you've got it, what's next? Once you've got it, what next? Big words. What's next? For me, my thing is, is generational wealth. Yeah. I know how hard I had to work. I know how many times people said things to me, said words to me, yeah. that I had to just swallow. Yeah. I know inside, the, the person inside of me wanted to say something. 
and I had to leave it. I had to say, listen, yeah. take a picture, let it go. Yeah. Don't react. They want you to react. Don't react. Yeah. And for me, my goal is that my children don't ever have to be in that position. You know, when Jay-Z says, Jay did that, so you hopefully you don't have to go through that. Mm. That's me. I'm going through what I'm going through now. I'm going through this grind, this sweat, this pain, the rejection. I'm going through all of that. So my children don't have to go through that. And my children's children don't have to go through that. And guess what? On the way, I'll get red bottoms for my wife. I'll get to go to Dubai on holiday. But that's not the goal. No. Wow, wow, wow. So a lot of beginners, entrepreneurs, they cultivate the habit of instant gratification. A lot of beginners, they cultivate this mindset of wanting to be successful very quickly. I'll give an example. I've been in the property industry for about five years, but I've been an entrepreneur for 17 plus years. 17 plus years, I have hustled, all right? I have hustled, I've grinded, I've sold clothes, I've sold shoes, I've sold car spare parts, you know, I've sold anything celebrated except from drugs, <laughs> okay? All right? In order for me to not get my overnight success that I have in the last five years. And I say this to people, it's all add up. It's all add up. It's all add up. The very first 12 months in my property journey wasn't very straightforward, wasn't success for me. But the good success in it was I was able to quit a job that I took on when I lost a lot of money. But even at that, I didn't say I was financially free because the goal of where I was going to was bigger than myself. How do beginners, entrepreneurs, start to cultivate long-time mentality instead of short-time gratification? Oh, you know what? I think it's, for me, it's about knowing your why. It's about knowing your why and then having a plan. You know that saying, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail? Yeah. Too many of us go through life with no plan. No plan. We're just, whatever life brings us, we take. Mm. And for me, I've got a bigger plan. So I know, I know the life I want to give my kids. I know the type of house I want to live in. I know yeah. the type of lifestyle that I want to live for myself. I know the type of lifestyle I want to be able to give my kids. Yeah. So what, what does a pair of red bottoms do for me today? Nothing. Apart from me. Why would I do something to make somebody else happy? If I'm buying red bottoms today, that's because I want you to have an opinion of me. Well, guess what? I can have the opinion of myself. And that's the problem. We're not working on self. What about people? What about individuals that don't really understand the act? As a financial advisor, a lot of individuals don't understand the importance or implication of understanding their finances, their income, their expenses, you know, and even though some people make a lot of money, they don't understand the difference between good debt and bad debt. What could be the steps that you would advise, you know, on how people can actually master the right priorities and not the wrong ones? Yeah, I think... The biggest thing is, I always tell people, you've got to invest in yourself. I see people who work eight, nine hours a day at work, put it all in for, their, for, for somebody else's dream. Yeah. And then I ask them, how much does it cost to be you? What's your outgoing? What does it cost to live the life that you live? I don't know. What's your goals? Oh, I want to be rich. How? I don't know. I'm going to be a millionaire. How are you going to be a millionaire? I don't, you don't even know. Don't know. No clue. I'm going to be a millionaire one day. One day. <laughs> and, and the funniest thing, that these things are a numbers game. You, when we're, we're talking numbers. So if I know that I want to be a millionaire, then I know that to be a millionaire, 
typically now to be a millionaire, let's say I just want to have over a million pounds. I want to have own over a million pounds, whether it be assets, yeah. money. It's a number. It's a numbers game. So if I know that, okay, cool. I might say, okay, I need to make 10K a month. If I can make 10K a month, do that for 10 years, there's my million. Mm. It's a numbers game. My thing is, what numbers are you working towards? If you don't have a plan, how do you work it out? What happens is if you don't have a plan, there's somebody's birthday party or, oh, let's go and let's do a stag do. I had this guy, I met this client, client of mine. He said, yeah, we went on a stag do with a mandem. Mm. And they went to Dubai for the weekend. There was about eight of them. Each of them spent between 10 to 15K. Yeah. 10 to, so over a hundred grand. They spent in a week, in a weekend in Dubai going on yachts and popping bottles and for somebody's stag. He said, when he watched my video and I talked about, uh, you man, buy all put money together to buy bottles in the club like it's the FA Cup. So they broke his heart. Because when he realized how much they spent on that weekend, they could have put that same money together and bought two or three houses. And now all of them are renting. It's crazy. All of them rent. It's crazy. You see, saying what you just said, someone said to me the other day and, you know, I was having a conversation with someone and I said to them, see, I would borrow money to go and buy real estate. All right, I can come to Iman. I wouldn't be embarrassed. And like, Imran, you know, Iman, if you got 50, if you got 50 grand, in the back, are you liquid? If you say you got 50, okay, Iman, can I get that 50 and I give you 5K on top? But the end of the year, that's 55,000 pounds back to you. You give me 50, you got 5K, that's 10%. Mm. I'm going to take that 50,000 50, pounds, all right? Maybe from you and I'm going to look for someone else and get 50 grand again from them, all right? That's 100 grand. I'm going to go and buy real estate, all right? In 12 months' time, I can take that real estate, that piece of real estate, or even two years' time, I can take that piece of real estate, refinance it and pay your man back. Mm-hmm. All right? And I'm happy to go and do that over and over again. But did you also know how many people will go and take that same 50,000 pounds and go and do a wedding? Yeah. I don't get it. People should start thinking of how to leverage. Your credit score is your leverage to an investment. It's a door to an investment. Your credit card, it's a door to an investment. How can people leverage the proper way? Yeah, but Daniel, people people will say, oh, yeah, I would reject half a million pounds to have lunch with Jay-Z, but they wouldn't spend a thousand pounds to come on your course. You, that's proven. You, that's proven. Do you understand? People just talk. It's all talk. You're sleeping on your mum's bed. You're talking about you're rejecting half a million pounds. The same clothes you wear to work is the same clothes you wear at home. You wear the same oil stain vest underneath your shirt. And, and now you're, you're in a position to be rejecting half a million pounds. It's all talk. I always ask people, do you want it? Because though that, those that really want it are ready to change. Those that really want it are ready to go for it. But a lot of the time, we need to look like we want it. Yeah. So we say the things that make people think we want it. But in reality, we don't. We don't want it. We don't want it. And we don't want to put it work in. don't want to put the work in. I tell people, look at me now. I'm here. At 22, I was in the bank. I could have stopped there. Everybody would have clapped for me. In my family, everyone I know would have said, you've made it. I could still be in the bank today. Nobody would ever call me a failure coming from where I come from. Yeah. But I know what I want for myself. I know what I want for myself. So I continue to strive. So then I I left it. I left my company credit card. I left my company car. I left my salary. I left my bonus. 
and I started my business. Because that's what's going to build your future. That's what's going to build my future. And I was getting less. For the first three years of my business, I was making less doing my business than I was making when I was employed. And I was working literally out of 24 hours, I was probably working 14, 15 hours a day. When I worked 9 to 5, I was so good at what I did. It didn't even feel like work. It was like fun. Yeah. Just meet clients and sell products. That's it. It was easy. And now I'm getting less money, more time. But today, I make more money now, self-employed, than I did when I was employed. And I only work three days a week. And you have more time to do what you love. To do what I love. Wow. That's, That's the, the true wealth. wealth. Having time, having the freedom, and having the money. All combination, all combined together. <laughs> all, talk, all in one. All in one. So now when I talk about being a millionaire, it's not just talk. I'm working towards it. I'm really on this. I'm really going to do this. I'm really yeah. on the journey to being a millionaire. I'm really working towards it. Not just talking, not just buying lottery tickets. I'm really working and building and creating income streams and networking and seeing, look, no. See that Daniel brother? That's my brother. Yeah. He, the way he thinks, the way he moves, I know I can add value to him and I know he will add value to me. Yeah. I know I need a Daniel in my life if I want to succeed. And here we are. And I do that with Byron, Bianca. Like, there's people I just meet and I'm like, no, this is not just a meeting high and by. I'm going to be useful to you. You're going to be useful to me. Yeah. All of this friend, 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 I don't know. I don't understand it. Like, it's either we, we can do business together or we can't. If we can't do business together, then we can just see each other whenever we see each other and that's fine. Yeah. I'm here building business partners. Mm. I'm here building my network. I'm building associates. I'm building future co-founders. Collaborating. Collaborating. Understanding that I'm limited in my own resource. I'm limited in time. So why would I want to do everything by myself? That's the problem that we don't realize. The reason you're only able to make a certain amount of money is because you do everything yourself. Funny enough, you just said that, right? A lot of black businesses, they run a business for 10 years, all right, from one small little shop without employing nobody. They are the admin, they are the receptionist, they are the accountant, they are everything, you know, and when we got so much potential, and then you see, you know, then you see, oh, I'm stressed, I'm stressed. Because you're not even paying for a PA to even take the little, you know, get a virtual assistant to help you just kind of, you know, decongest, you know, the, the clout that you have. And that's what I always say. But could you imagine if you went to Microsoft head office and Bill Gates opened the door for you? I'm not saying opening the door is not an important job. It's an important job. <laughs> yes. But could you imagine if it was Bill Gates opening the door? Opening the door, yeah. And then you went to the reception and Bill Gates ran from opening the door to come behind the reception and say, yeah. Who are you here to see? I'm here to see Bill Gates. Okay, no problem. Go to the top floor. And then he runs up to the top floor and meets you at the... It wouldn't make... You think, why would... What are you doing? That's madness. Absolute madness. This is what we do in business. We do not understand our value. I always tell people, a bar of gold can hold a door open. If you want to use a bar of gold as a doorstop, it will work, it will function it will keep that door open. But that's not its true worth. That's not its true value. That's not its true potential. And for a lot of us, especially when it comes to business, most of the people I do business with, when we do a business, we can start a company, we can start a business now. The plan is 10 years, we sell, we move on. Businesses, 
we, we're trying to have businesses for life just to get by. You might as well go get a nine to five if all you want to do is get by. Why go through all the stress of business, all the, all the hassle, all the ups and downs of business to survive? You see what you just said? I want to blow your mind a little bit and I want to blow the audience mind. A couple of weeks ago, I was approached to sell my Instagram account and it got, it got valued. My Instagram account, just as it is, got valued for half a million pounds. Think about that. And it's cost me time. It's cost me fun. It's cost me doing it. And I have a team behind me to just build it for me. And this is the, this thing people don't even understand. You know, why are we here doing a podcast? All right. We're here doing a podcast because we're giving value and we're building a business. A podcast is a business, right? The money you spend on your brand and put yourself out there and building yourself as a brand. All right. The other day, Tina Turner, did you see how much her entire, you know, intellectual asset goes sold for? Come on. So build a business, build a brand for yourself, build a name for yourself. All right. It's, you, you, you can't, well, I'm not saying sell your name, Daniel, sell the name Daniel Moses, but you can sell something around something that you've built that can actually even be greater than, you know, not building anything. So people really need to kind of understand how to really build themselves up and not hold on to that thing they've built up, but however sell into the interest of the future or the appreciation. It's like, it's like real estate assets, like houses that we buy. Yeah, exactly. It's about understanding your value. Understanding the value that you create has a price. And so if you're creating value, if you've got one shop and it's doing well, why would I only limit myself to just have one? Why am I not looking for, where's the next shop? Yeah. Why am I even still making the bread? If I now know the skill of how to make the bread, why am I not hiring someone to come and do the bakery for me? Because now my mind's free to do other things. You can't do it by yourself. You can't do it all by yourself. And so actually, this is what I say to you. When I see that, I said, why, why would I try and, and, and venture this millionaire dream that I have on my own when I can partner with a, with a Daniel who we can make money together? The problem is, is that we would rather have 100% of nothing than 10% or something. Wow. One of my slogans is, I'd rather own a 50% of something than 100% of nothing. Very similar. You see, I built a property portfolio exponentially in the last 18 months. You know, I'm not going to give figures anymore. It's now over seven figures going into eight figures. <laughs> and, and people ask me, how did you do it? I said, because I learned one thing. I learned one thing, how to scale myself exponentially. And I learned collaboration. I learned creating opportunities and providing value. And once you learn that, the opportunities you're looking for, whether it's money, whether it's asset, you name it, it comes to you. And where there is knowledge, it becomes so easier to create those opportunities. Definitely. That's what it's about. It's about working together, collaborate. But also, you forget to add. You pay money. Yes, of course, of course. Spend hundreds, hundreds of, of like, hundreds of thousands of thousands. Of thousands. The other day, wasn't we talking saying, oh, you're saying, yeah, I might go and see Grant Cardone. Yeah. How, mu how much is it going to cost? It's, it's insane. It's insane. Come on. Like, it, it's just Even insane. at your level. This is, <laughs> that, this is what I'm trying to tell people. Even at your level. I'm speaking on a stage, you know, you know, I haven't been able to build a brand and uh, I'm speaking on a stage in a, in a week from now where I'm spending, you know, I'm speaking before some top quality, you know, influencers who's got like 10, 20 million followers on their Instagram handles, you know, they, you know, transforming lives. And it took me money to build a brand that made them to identify me. Yeah. You know, I've used mentors, you know, when I started, in fact, 
I had a very local, local Nigerian accent. I had to pay someone to get my accent to this level. <laughs> right? Property coaches, I wouldn't even go there. Business coaches, my mentor, Adam Stort, one of my mentors, cost me 30,000 pounds a year, including that. Think about that. A year. You know? This is before you're even making the real money, bro. All right. I've spent more money on myself, developing myself more than I've actually retained. I invest 90% of whatever I make and I live on 10%. Mm. So consistently, whether it's investing into real estate, whether it's consistently adding value to myself using mentors. One thing that I personally have, you know, experienced is until I started using mentors, I never, I never got to the point of where I am now. So this is one of the things a lot of people don't do, investing in themselves and seeing investments in yourself as an expenses. Why? It's an investment. Come on. I always tell people that like I had a client, I had this client and she's like, and I'm going through her outgoings and she's wealthy. She's doing well. And she was like, yeah, I pay for a driver. She pays, got a chauffeur, pick her up, take her to work. When she finished, pick her from work, take her home. When she go out, and, and she got a driving license. And she's like, I'm not going to get a car because while I'm in the car and this guy is driving me, the calls, the emails, the things that I can do while I'm in this car, even if, if it's sleep, will pay, be more, worth more than what I pay this guy to drive me. And sometimes we don't understand the value of our time. And understanding opportunity. That's why I tell you, that's why sometimes you might have to leave that 50K job and go and get a 30K job that gives you enough time so you can start building what you need to build for yourself. True. But, we, but we're too comfortable. I like having that extra money left over each month. Wow. But the problem is, is that that's all you're going to have because you're only going to have what they're going to give you. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. My man, Iman himself. You see, this is it. When we collaborate like this, it's always a fire. It's always a fire, man. You know what? If if we go on and on and now, we're not going to go tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't wait to have you on a second episode. We've had the first one. We had a, a very, you know, I remember when we had the Instagram live, it was on fire. And I know this podcast is going to explode as well. I can't wait for it, for it to be released. And again, I know, you know, you're a busy man, very, very busy. Man. And we've got a lot of things coming up. We've got a lot of things coming up. But yeah, got in the next one, don't worry. In the next one, we'll talk investment stock shit, like yes. actual this, this one is just about an introduction. Mindset. This is just an introduction to get people in the right mindset, the right frame. In the next one, don't worry. You bring your questions. We will, we will fire them. I'll answer all your questions and get you ready. But I need you to have the right mindset. I need you to know what's possible. I need you to know that the only thing stopping you from getting to where you want to be is you. And that was what today is about. So when you, in, in a month's time, two months' time, you're feeling demotivated, come back and watch this and pick yourself up and remind yourself of all the things that you're able to do all the things that Daniel's gone through and he's here today, all the things I've gone through and I'm here today. So why not you? We don't have two heads. Absolutely. If a man done it, if a man done it, another man can do it. Man, man make cars, man, man make aeroplanes. So which means man can make anything. We are creators. Exactly. Wow. Thank you so much, Iman, for this fantastic, fantastic episode. And I can't wait to, to have you again. So bro, just in closing, before we go, just, if you don't mind, just share three very powerful nuggets on what people can go and do right now, all right, to start seeing wealth and start seeing opportunity rather than start seeing liabilities and problems. Biggest thing, understand your finances, where you are. Where are you today? Face it. 
Second, create a plan. Where do you want to be? Where do you want to be? Forget realistic. Where do you want to be? And create a plan to achieve it and get there. And thirdly, create value. All I want you to do is create value. I want you to look at how do you create value? Because if you can create value, money will follow. Absolutely. And sometimes for you to create value, you need to first read books. You need to first do a course. You need to first get mentorship. You need to f- create value. How can you create value? If you can learn how to create value, soon you won't be working for people. People will be working for you. Thank you so much for listening to the Property Wealth and Business Podcast. If you've been inspired, motivated, and you're looking into getting started in your property journey, building a mindset for success, and creating wealth for yourself, go and follow us on social media, on Instagram, LinkedIn. And also, if you're looking to get in coaching, mentorship, and you want to get your journey started and start building a mindset that can take you from being an ordinary person to become an extraordinary person, follow us on our website, make inquiries, make a booking. We'll be happy to help you get started in your journey. The website is www.propertywe.co.uk and I'm looking forward to seeing you soon. Take care.